0: Be
1: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Welcome to another edition of tag the role. We are, uh, we are back after an extended hiatus. Um, at, I think we had a pod come up like a week after the draft. And since then we've been off, uh, obviously Jake Rosen, no longer with the pod, We're super happy for him. That guy is, uh, working for a team right now. I cannot say which, um, but yeah, uh, obviously very excited for him. Uh, he's still alive. Don't worry. Uh, I am excited to be joined though by a good friend of mine, a good friend of Jake's as well, who is going to be joining to help co-host the pod with me. That's Zach Milner. He was not, unfortunately, not a guest when we had Jake because our schedules never actually matched up. But Zach, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be on this with you. Uh, sucks that Jake's not here anymore, but it's also really good for him. We're both both very happy for him.
1: Yeah, draft Twitter in the sky gained another one. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think. I, not that I wasn't sure that I was going to bring back Tag the role, but luckily you were, you know, you and I talked about this uh, a couple of times heading into uh, heading into the season, starting back up. And, you know, we, we, I mean, we talk pretty much every day regularly already. So it was like, you know what, let's, let's do it. Um, the only thing that I, I want to address sounds like way too serious, just the, in terms of like actual change up with the pod format is going to be, we're planning on keeping it weekly. Um, obviously, you know, as things, Uh, go on throughout the season. We might have a couple of like special pods after like a really big prospect matchup or something. Um, But right now it's looking like being weekly. We don't have a set day necessarily, but it will be routine. Um, And the thing that we're looking to add and change up a little bit is we're going to involve more of the NBA uh, and talking, not just about guys who are coming up as prospects, but who are still prospects in the NBA, the way that they're developing playing out um, particularly looking, you know, mainly at, at rookie scale players uh, who are in the league right now we're not going to do that today today's you know pretty strictly just our college basketball uh, prospect primer um but yeah so be on the lookout for that we, we have we have a lot of really cool ideas for where we want to go with this is so anything you want to add zach
0: no i mean i think it's good to, to talk about those rookie scale guys um in the future um we've seen a lot of exciting rookies to start this year as well but but yeah like you said today is i mean we're not even going to touch on on Scoot and wemby and those guys just with the college basketball season starting up in a few days we'll just do a little bit of college basketball stuff today, and then we'll expand into everything else going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, first and most importantly, I can't really believe that it's almost here. Um, (laughs) It starts up on the 7th. Luckily, like, there are not good games for most of the first week, respectfully. Like, (laughs) it felt like last year, like the first day or two, we had some really good matchups. We will once, like, week two or week three hit, but the first week is, like, there's – it's a lot of, like, Utah Valley State versus – versus top 10 performers and like, no offense, Utah Valley state, that just does not do a lot for me in terms of what I'm trying to find um, or get a good gauge on when I'm looking at things like, I'm still going to watch it. I think you can still get a lot out of it, but in terms of seeing prospects play prospects, it makes it, uh, it makes it interesting.
0: Yeah. And, and, and next week, um, second week we have, we have the Kentucky Michigan state and then we have Duke and Kansas in the champions classic. So I think we started off with something like that last year, but it's going to be second week this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I mean, yeah, first way first way we can start with this, we're going to talk about the freshmen that we're excited for. So more like talking about guys who are, are likely going to be one and done. Um, because as Zach mentioned, we're we're not going to talk at all about the Thompson twins. We're not going to talk at all about Scoot or Wemby on this pod, because I feel like those four guys, and we'll obviously have stuff on them throughout the year, but those guys are getting highlighted a lot already. It's We, we want to talk about some of the guys we're excited about who, uh, there will be like more quote-unquote like sleepers, uh, but more just guys that um, we think could really be interesting in terms of how they could impact the draft class this year. So, Zach, I'll let you kick off. Who is the, who's the guy you want to start off with?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this isn't a sleeper or anything, and he, he will be a, a lottery-level guy. But, I mean, Nick Smith is someone that I'm, I'm really excited to watch this year. I think Arkansas as a whole is, is just going to be really fun to watch. But this really talented offensive player, three-level scorer, one thing I really like about him is his touch. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like if I can say he has like elite or best touch in the class, but I think he's going to be up there this year and it wouldn't be surprising at all by the end of the season, if he does have the best touch out of the guards in this class. And um, yeah, I mean, the change of pace is really good. Impressive passer can make a variety of passes, but overall just a really talented offensive player.
1: Yeah. I admittedly outside of watching team USA and I, uh, um, uh, hoop summit I have not seen much of Nick uh, that's just somebody who I have more of a blind spot on everything I've seen I've really enjoyed and I understand the player completely and mainly I just can't wait to watch this Arkansas team because I think uh, I don't know where you're at with this I feel like there's going to be a, like obviously very talented in terms of figuring out how it all fits together is something that I'm really interested to see because it is wonky. Like, I mean, again, I think you can get away with more stuff in college basketball just because the spacing is different. And, um, but it will be interesting. Um, Like I am super high on on, and love Jordan Walsh, but like fitting Jordan Walsh into an offense alongside Anthony black is going to be interesting. I'm really just, uh, yeah, this is gonna. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about Arkansas in a bit, but yeah, it's, I have a lot of questions.
0: Yeah. And, and like you said, we'll talk about them more in a bit, but like, there's going to be so many highlight plays with them, but how they fit together will be interesting. They also have Brazil, like, all, there's going to be a lot of highlight plays and they should be fun or enjoyable to watch for the most part this year. Um, but how good as a team they are, I guess we'll see um, coming out of the season, but, but Mack and Nick Smith for a second. Um, yeah. I, I want to touch on the, the defense side of things with him. I think, the off-ball defense with him is sort of hit or miss, and, and that's the main thing I want to see from him more this year on the defensive end and just be more consistent there. Um, I was watching their exhibition game, and I think there actually is stuff to take away from exhibition games. I'm not one of the people who would be like, oh, it's just exhibition. I think if you know what to look for with certain things, um, there's stuff to take away from. And you can see like he he can make good rotations and show verticality at the rim on, on the roll guy, but there's times where he just, just is man. So just showing more consistency there. I think is something you want to see from him this year, and then on offense, I, I want to see um, how good of looks he creates for himself and his teammates on the ball because very talented three-level scorer, like I said, solid handle, solid change of pace. Don't think he is the quickest or bursty guy. Um, so there are times where he has to rely on tough shot making and, or tough finishes, which he has been able to, but will that translate to the college level? And then from college to the NBA level is something that I'm looking forward to seeing.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm excited to see that as well. Um, I'm going to carry that into a guard that I'm really excited about. And I will say he's a little bit more of a sleeper. This is something that our, uh, good friend, uh, PD Webb wrote about, um, as Judah Mintz who's going to Syracuse, which I think is part of the reason why he is a little bit underrated. Like um, mainly I think uh, PD talked about this in his piece, but like he was kind of a late riser in, in the way that he came up um, through AAU, but going to Syracuse is probably the biggest uh, hindrance is wrong. i going to put it, but like that's the, it certainly makes people a little bit interested to see what is going to happen with the draft stock, just given what Syracuse's talent level is, how their offense typically can be. And um, I'm not, Uh, mainly just for for, for straight up draft purposes. I think that there's a really interesting chance that Judah just really pops at Syracuse um, and ends up being somebody who gets swept under the radar because of, I mean, Syracuse didn't make the tournament last year. They haven't been particularly awesome the last couple of years, um, especially in terms of churning out draft prospects that really hasn't been, you know, what they're doing over the last four or five years. So I think there's a really interesting chance with him, like, Just the super, like he's, obviously he's not Malachi Branham. I I don't think anybody is Malachi Branham because Malachi had a pretty wild jump last year from looking like, like he, he had a solid first month as a, as a true freshman who was starting games at Ohio state, but then they had the COVID break and he turned into a college superstar. Like that just doesn't happen all the time. But in terms of looking at guys who could be taking like kind of a similar, like, all right, if, you, you know, various – I think Judas is farther along on his shooting trajectory than Malachi was last year because Malachi, like, I'm biased because I live, you know, 20 minutes from where he played high school. But, like, Malachi just didn't really shoot threes a lot in school. He played at, at same, in St. Mary's. He played the four a lot. Like, they were a smaller team. He was always more of a mid-range guy. That grew for him this last year. Judas kind of in that same boat of, like, he's always been much more of, like, a craft-based um, – in between, I mean, inside the arc, uh, get into his bag type player, rather than somebody who's shooting a ton from outside the arc. If that changes, I think that really changes how he gets viewed as a draft prospect. Because I personally really like his game. Um, I know combo guards not for everybody, but to me, he's a very interesting player. I think the de- obviously the defense is going to be. Um, that's something that's going to take time to develop from him because I don't think he's particularly awesome right now. Um, but yeah, in terms of just having especially with where the nba is going playing a lot more three guard lineups it's not every team doing that obviously but i think you see more teams willing to do that um having the shot really fall in for him and become something that he can get to regularly uh on variety is going to be huge to to opening him up, up, up to being even more of a prospect than he is right now
0: yeah i agree and and with with the shot and the shooting volume like you said from three is there a specific thing that you want to see? Like, is there a specific number you want to see him shoot per game? Just like, it's probably not the fair to assume, to assume that, like, he's going to have this huge jump already right from college. But if you see some kind of improvement from there to college, you can make another assumption that there will be some coming to the NBA level, right? So, is there something that you want to see with the shooting volume specifically?
1: Yeah, I want to see mostly, like, four – ideally i think just to like hedge my bets i think i would say four per game would be ideal because he was only like if you just look at like that i'm trying to remember was he EYBL? i think he was either yeah i think he was EYBL. i don't think he was uaa um but like his uh i actually i'll pull it up on cerebro right now just so that i'm sure but if i remember correctly he was only taking around like two per game which is like this that's just not enough like i want to see him taking four or five especially if he's going to be somebody who is, uh, you know, actually running ball screen offense, like they're going to, he's going to need to take more than two threes per game. Um, so yeah, ideally like around four or five.
0: Yeah. I, I think like you had the, the, the Brandon comparison, a lot of the stuff around Brandon last year was his three point volume as well. Right. And and looking at Brandon, like, I think he only had, he only had like three or four games or he even shot five threes total the whole, like in the game, the whole yep. season. So Seeing that kind of volume is always nice to see. But even if it's not to the highest extent that you want, just seeing some improvement from where he was now, where he was before college to in college would be promising because maybe you see more going into the NBA. Another question for you, though, is since the Syracuse defense, they're going to play a lot of zone. It's obviously they actually haven't played like 100% zone recently. I think we'll see a little bit of man mixed in here and there, but definitely not a lot. But where do, what do you want to see from him on the defensive end this year? like knowing they'll be in a zone a good amount of the time
1: yeah I think um that's a good question because I do think like generally there's the uh the trope and I think like obviously there's some creators to it but just that you're not really getting a lot out of watching a team playing zone but I actually think you can see a lot out of a team playing zone in how how you're evaluating and scouting somebody like um is he communicating? Number one, like, I think just being, I think like look at like looking at things that can actually translate from what you're doing in zone to just defense in general, like, okay, so number one is his head up or his arms out. Is he communicating? Uh, Is he reacting quickly? Like, is he moving his feet? Well, Um, what's his positioning like, like it's all minute stuff, but those are things that I think you can look at and be like, okay, those are things that are going to matter at the next level. Even if you're not necessarily playing zone all the time. Um, and then screen navigation, because I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the biggest one for him right now. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if you felt the same, but you know, going back and watching him, I'm like, oh yeah. He's like again, like kind of in he's really good navigating screens as a ball handler, not so much as a defender. Um, so I am interested to see how that plays out. But I I do uh especially too, like he's not the the bigger issue for him is less that he's like Small in stature, more just that he's kind of rail thin right now. I think he's listed like one seventy five, one eighty, and that looks about right. Like he's got a pretty strong base, but he's very skinny up top. Um, Like honestly, not the same, but like kind of like Blake Wesley last year. Um, So I I, I do think that a limit like makes it harder for Pathways for him to really play more like wing at all. So it's like really kind of more of a true two guard.
0: Got it. Yeah. Do you do you have anything else to say on on Judah? Do you want to move to uh? to, to Jairus.
1: Yes. So this is, this is the player that I'm most excited to watch in college basketball this year, just in general. Um, like just to get my bias out of the way. Like I, I, I told you to that I wanted you to watch Jairus because I wanted to talk about him in depth. Um, it's funny because the very first time that I ever watched uh, a, a prospect game that wasn't college um, somebody had told me to watch Jalen Duran um, because they thought I would like him as a player. They were right. Um, but in watching that game, it was Montverde versus IMG, I think in 2021, and so you get to see. I think that was Jerris's junior year, and uh, because he played for IMG, and in watching him, I was like, okay, he's athletic, and I'm not really sure what else is going on here. Um, and then this last year, like obviously there there had been like flashes of stuff, like he could handle um like he could get to places to shoot um it just you know the, the actual shot wasn't really going in it didn't look awesome he was clearly a fluid athlete um had like some passing flashes uh but it was more so just like okay we see the tools but i'm interested to see how the game comes along this last year he had like a really just pretty massive leap in terms of his overall feel for the game um just his his fluidity as a finisher really improved um his jumper is still not amazing, but I still think that it's it looks drastically better. Um, you can really see the idea of become hum, of him becoming just like an incredibly versatile front court player. I don't know if I would necessarily say that he's like I think that there are like star pathways for him for sure, but it's more so like this guy could become a like borderline all defense type guy depending on how he develops there. Can, like I think that he shows a lot of interesting stuff as like a as a rim protector as a switchable guy. Um, being able to play multiple coverages, playing multiple positions and not just being versatile, but like being good at doing those things. Um, so to me, Jairus is like he is the most fascinating player in the draft, especially with him going to Houston, a place that I think tends to develop guys pretty well. Like I'm I'm very excited for him.
0: So you, you brought up his handle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that is now? Do you think there's a path to any kind of self-creation with him at all? Because when I, when I from what I've seen, he does lose the handle still a decent amount, but he does have, like, he can go between the legs and, like, sometimes he doesn't even go anywhere with it, but, like, he shows it. I would like to see him actually get defenses to move with it more. But there are just times where he just loses the handle without doing much either. So where do you stand on that? And, and do you think there is a path to more self-creation with him? And is that where you see, like, the upside coming from with him?
1: Yeah, so to me, that's where the upside is, and his handle develop a little bit more. I know traditionally, that's not something that we're going like it's just, it just is harder to develop a handle out like that. But what I'm excited about is I want to see him because I I don't feel like we saw it of IMG. Is him just becoming like a really interesting DHO operator? Um, like that's what I think could happen at Houston that has me really excited, considering how how many guards and wings they have in that team right now. Like, okay. I think like will I mean, there are so many things you can do with lineup versatility that are really interesting to me. Like, I think he's gonna play the five a lot this year. I think he'll definitely play the four. Maybe there are some some wild lineups where he plays the three too, like because he's <laughs> capable of like just screw it. Let's see what happens. But like he's playing in one of the best spaced offenses in in basketball. Like, I mean, playing with Tremont Mark is back, Jamal Shedd, Marcus Sasser is back, Terrence Arsenault, who I know we both like is gonna be there. Um, like they lost. It's interesting because they lost more. Like Josh Carlton, Fabian White are gone. At least I think I'm pretty sure Josh Carlton's gone. I know that Fabian White is gone for sure, um, because he had like a small time with the Lakers. But point being, like, there's a lot of stuff. Like he's being plugged and played right now to to be. Uh, I mean, this is arguably one of. I mean, Houston was. I mean, they went 32 and six next year. So not that I think this team's necessarily going to be better. But in terms of like overall talent this is a really talented team and i think that there's a a lot like if they're hitting their their highest heights i think it is because jairus really um really pops um so that was a really long-winded way of saying i think to me it's more so like (laughs) what he can do out of becoming like a a a, a facilitator from the elbows and and from the perimeter uh as a dho operator kind of like obviously like not bam out of bio but in that same vein because bam is like all right well if if the DHO gets denied, then I can get into my face of game. Like that's the stuff that I see with him. Instead of just like, here's the ball, figure shit out. Like I don't like that.
0: Right. So, so let us say that stuff doesn't work out with him. Right. The self creation and, and DHO stuff doesn't work out with him. Do you still think he can bring enough value as a roller in transition and on defense? And, and where do you see that bring with him if if the upside stuff doesn't work out with him?
1: Yeah, that's another good point because I. What well, makes it fun too? Like I am interested to see how, because this team. It, they like to play fast. They had the fourth best defense in college last year. And I think they're going to be right up there again. Um, are they going to let him handle in transition? Because that's something I would really like to see. Because I think that's another place where you could see him add value, especially with so many capable shooters. Like if you have a guy who maybe isn't the best shooter, bringing the ball up, forcing, uh, you know, opposing, opposing, like, all right, so let's think of it like this. an opposing four or five has to guard Jarris, bringing the ball up okay, well, that opens up a lot of backdoor cuts. That opens up just more for him to see. And I, I do think, like, to me, the playmaking vision is the thing that stands out the most with him as an offensive player. Like, I think that it's very clearly there. Um, and that's stuff that I think that they'll tap into. Um, so, yeah. And just, the, to, just to oh,
0: yeah. chime in for a sec quickly, though. But, like, the hope, like you were saying, the hope is if they have a big on him, that opens up stuff for backdoor cuts, or even he's quicker enough to, to beat the big off the dribble, hopefully. Yeah. If they have a smaller guy on him, he can use his strength and stuff, hopefully to get to the rim. But yeah, like with you bringing up the passing, right? I, I think with him, something that really stood out with me is he makes his decisions really quickly. I think the decision making sometimes isn't the best, but with how quick he made, he makes his decisions is, is really impressive. Whether it's on the, on the short roll, quick kick to the corner, or even the second he grabs a rebound, he's looking up to hit a hit ahead pass to get transition started instantly. I, I think the the quickness of his decisions is one of the things that stood out to me the most with his passing.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I think what's uh what's interesting with him too is uh I feel like the more that I've I've learned and like been around the NBA, the more I've understood that there's some maybe saying stubbornness is the wrong way to put it, but I think coaches really like having guys who can do like one staple thing that they know is going to work all the time. And I think what makes it difficult with Chris is like I think that there are the idea of like multiple things that could be really good, but right now it's really only one clear cut. Like I do think that the rolling is very real. Cause he's a, I mean, he's a sick vertical athlete. Um, I don't think that the touch is like awesome yet, but it has really improved in the last couple of years. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's more so what makes it like I kind of really want to see him like to me the handle developing out is the thing that I think I need I want to see the most this year or maybe like I mean if the jumper is what really develops and that creates a different pathway too so it's like that's what yeah. yeah he's very fun. I was
0: about to ask you was it was is the handle or the shot would you want to see more but it seems like you just answered that so.
1: Yeah, I still so I mean it's an interesting question because I feel like if the if the shot really develops out like let's say he shoots 36 37 percent from deep on like four or five a game which i don't necessarily think is going to happen um but if that happened like okay then you're opening up driving lanes and people are going to have to close out to you and if they don't like okay that's you know whatever but um to me i just think just given that i think it's easier for the for the jumper to come along than the handle i would rather see that happen early and because i just think teams would value that more at least i know i would value that more um so but yeah i mean it does make it interesting
0: for sure um so should we should we move to returners do you have any other one you want to touch on here or should we go to some returners
1: that we're looking forward to seeing um uh, I, I don't think i had anybody i mean there are we'll have plenty of time to hit on during the season so um yeah yeah let's go to let's go to returners who do you have first
0: Um, I guess I'll talk about Houston Millette. I I could talk about him out of Pepperdine for for hours. Uh, For those who don't know, I've I've already written about him. It's up on Cerebro if you want to check it out, uh, Cerebro Sports. Yeah, Houston Millett, he has a chance to be a special shot maker. He's a really, really, really good shooter. He can shoot off the dribble, off movement, spotting up from NBA range. There's not much else you can ask from him in terms of shooting. One of the weaknesses with his game is – his shot profile is very, very jumper reliant. Mm-hmm. If you compare his, his shot profile to people like Duncan Robinson in college, he's shooting more percentage of jump shots than Duncan Robinson was. It's, it's pretty similar to Isaiah Joe's profile, like just a bunch of jump shots. And, and that can be a little bit concerning at times because he, he is a tough shot maker as well. And if shot making doesn't translate, where else is he going to bring value? Not that many other areas. Um, but the, the positive stuff with, with Malat is over the year, he started to attack the basket more often the first 20 or so games, he barely got to the rim. And then in the last nine or whatever games, he was getting to the rim more often. And, and you could see it, even in those last nine games, those first four to the last five, like you could just see as the year was going on, he was getting to the basket more often, being more aggressive, had some nice finishes through contact with his right and his left hand, had some nice back backdoor cuts. So that is something that I want to see him start the year off with and keep that going throughout the whole year. Is just get to the basket more often, whether it's cuts, attacking closeouts, with a ball in his hands out of the pick and roll. Anyway, I want to see him get to the basket more often, but I mean, the the big sell for him is he has the chance to be a a special shot maker, really good shooter. And if that translates, you have a a valuable player that can space the floor and actually have shooting gravity that makes it tough on the defense to decide how they want to guard you because he can get his shot off off movement very quickly.
1: Okay. Um, I will be, Completely honest here, I have not seen Houston play yet. Um, I have not watched Pepperdine since Kessler Edwards was there, so it has been a minute. Um, I want to ask, what is what is his playmaking like? What is his what are, what are his passing reads like? How does he look? Um, you know, if the shot is taken away from him.
0: Yeah, the, the passing, I would say, it's definitely not above average. I'd say it's probably around average to maybe a little bit below average. Um, he can make the right reads. He has some nice transition passes. I don't think he got to show his passing too much last year. I haven't harped too much on that with him because I think a lot of it just comes down to the shot with him. And I would just, I would say the defense is more important than the passing with for his NBA success. And obviously when it comes to upside, you want to look at the passing as well, but for with him, um, passing is nothing special. I wouldn't say it's horrible either. I think that it's fine, but if you want to go to the defense side of things with him, I think that's where a lot of the stuff outside of the shooting you want to look at with him because he is a skinny defender who wasn't the best on defense last year. Honestly, Pepperdine as a whole, wasn't good on defense last year, but the thing with him that I think is promising on the defensive end, or honestly in general, not even just on defense, is how much effort he gives just playing the game and, it might sound a little weird to say, but like he is just giving so much effort out there. He's sprinting off screens on offense, but even after that, he's diving on the floors on defense. He's doing whatever he can just, just to win games. And that's cool to see, but I, with him compared to other guys who, who aren't the best defensively, I actually see him in an ideal role where he can actually be good at. He's actually really good at chasing guys around screens. So as a chaser on defense, he's really good there. He has good technique, can get around screens without getting hit off the ball, pick and roll defense is a little bit different. He still has some decent technique there, but it's more inconsistent. He gets hit by screens more often when he's defending on the ball, but chasing guys off screen does a really good job getting around screens and staying with them and, and contesting shots from from behind or not letting them get shots off. So if there is a defensive concern with him, I mean, there is right now, hopefully that improves, but at least there is a role that you can put him in.
1: Okay. All right. Interesting. I like that. So profiles like Moore's, um, just a really interesting uh, off ball player who can get into his bag as a shooter a little bit too. Um, I mean, not more than a little bit, obviously in terms of shot creation. Um, wh- how, how tall is he? He's, we haven't seen like
0: official measurements, but I mean, he, Pepperdine has him, has him listed at, let's see here. They have him listed as six, five. And okay. I would say that's probably more or less about right. Um, I, I say that looks about right when watching him as well. Um, they have him at 185 pounds definitely would like to see him put on more muscle more and, and, and improve his strength his strength could help on ball defense as well it could help on offense as well getting to the rim finishing through contact so i think that the main improvements for him for me are are the strength and on defense pretty much is what i want to see this year
1: okay well interesting i'm very excited to watch him uh i know you wrote about his teammate too did you want to mention anything about him
0: yeah, uh, Maxwell Lewis, another Pepperdine guy. It, it's funny, like you said, um, haven't watched too much Pepperdine since Kessler Edwards. It, it's cool that they've actually had, I think, Millette and, and and Lewis both have their questions whether they'll be drafted or not still up in the air. But it's cool to see them have Kessler Edwards be in the NBA now after not having a lot of, like having guys in the NBA for a good amount of time and now having two other guys who are at least prospect worthy and, and deserve recognition and, and getting talked about. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just... Honestly, this morning just released uh, the piece on, on Max Lewis and Matthew Morrell, two returners, but don't need to go too deep into those. But, but for Max Lewis, he has the, the physical profile you already want in a, in a player. It, it's pretty much opposite to, uh, to Millette. He already has, uh, he's 6'7 with length um, and, and he's athletic as well. Does a good job getting his hands in the passing lanes, turning defense into offense, had explosive dunks. He has that kind of profile, really good shooter as well. The question with him is it doesn't always impact winning, or there's times where he'll catch the ball with an advantage, but he'll hesitate on his shot or a drive or a pass and lose the advantage. And then they're at that. And then his defense, while he's good at getting in the passing lanes and has good steal and block numbers, it's still inconsistent. He can get beat on the perimeter at times. So there's a lot of questions if he can put everything together, but if he does, I think he actually honestly has first round potential if he puts everything together, but Mm. that's, that's still the question. And he, he missed the beginning of last year with waiting for NCA eligibility, missed the end of last year with a wrist injury. So didn't even play that many minutes last year. I think it wasn't even, he didn't even play 500 minutes total last year. So I want to see how he looks throughout this whole year.
1: Okay. All right. Good to know. I'm very excited to watch Pepperdine. Um, I, you know, regardless of what Bob Hugg- Huggins thinks, I do enjoy watching WCC basketball normally. Um, I just didn't watch much of Pepperdine last year, but yeah, I, they will be fun, especially to like St. Mary's is in an interesting place. Um, just seeing how this whole conference is going to shake out, especially with Gonzaga being as good as it be again. It's going to be fun. Yeah.
0: And back to that for a second, but like, I don't, it, it's it's hard to, to watch too much Pepperdine last year, right? When they don't have anyone who's, like they have two intriguing they actually had a third freshman who I don't think is much of a prospect but he's a good player but like you don't expect Millette or Maxwell Lewis to come out as one and done either out of Pepperdine it's just not likely so most people aren't in a rush to go watch Pepperdine from that kind of perspective either
1: yeah no exactly that's a fair point um well yeah let me get into my, my my first guy um the team that I did watch a lot of last year, even though they weren't very good, Florida State. Uh, I am excited about Matt Cleveland. Uh, Matt was somebody who actually, when Jake and I did our first episode of the pod last year, I had Matt as somebody who I thought was um, being under-talked about, is the wrong way to put it. Like, obviously, he was a he was a five-star borderline, five-star going in, um, and I didn't feel that he was under or over-ranked. Um had a decent year at Florida state, but kind of a rough year from a prospect standpoint. Um, I think he was kind of a fringy first round guy coming in. The shot really was not there. Um, Florida state just had a kind of wonky year overall. And, um, you know, I mean, John Butler ended up going undrafted and is currently with Portland, if I remember correctly on a two way. Um, so like, yeah, they, they just had a, Florida, in terms of prospect status last year, I thought it was just a really weird year for Florida State. Um, Matt was kind of in an odd role of being somebody who's not really a great spacer, but has some handle and a little bit of burst. And uh, like he, he generally sees the floor pretty well. It has good passing flashes. And it's not just flashes. Like I think consistently is a pretty solid passer, especially off drives. But the issue right now is just like, I mean, without being a, a real viable shooter, I think it was really hard for him to add value on the offensive end. And given like their, the spacing on that team overall last year was kind of bad. Um, I do think like defensively, like he's got a big wingspan. He's again, like kind of in a weird mold though. Cause he's uh, obviously different, different athletes, but he's kind of in that Keldon Johnson, like being six, five, six, six, but kind of a four mold, which is again, just I think a little bit tougher to find. Um, like, I think the teams tend to like, Not that they value that less, but I think that they find it harder to value undersized players at a position if they're not, like, outlier good at something. Um, But I still think, like, very much so. Like, if he develops his jumper to even being, like, league average, I think he's very draftable and interesting and worth betting on. And I imagine that it's better than it was last year um, just because – I think it, nope. yeah, I mean, yeah, and I feel like Florida State normally has a pretty good track record of like developing guys as shooters. Like Leonard Hamilton is good at that shit, so I trust that Matt's going to look even better this year. Like I honestly, I would have been comfortable drafting him last year, um, but understood why teams didn't. So I think he's somebody I'm really interested in this year.
0: So, so what do you think is his optimal offensive role is considering the shot isn't where you want it to be, but he has some passing and, and ball handling skills and all that kind of stuff. Um, but not like the best burst either. Right. So, so where do you expect his optimal offensive role to be? Um, even if the shot improved just a little bit,
1: I th- see that's, that's what's hard. Like, I think, because again, like he's, like he, at least in my opinion, maybe, maybe again, like that. See, that's another thing that's interesting too. I felt there were times last year where he not like he is a good athlete, but he feels like a segmented athlete, if that makes sense. Like there are areas where his game really pops athletically and then areas where it doesn't like, he never really like, he can look like a different athlete in different um, scenarios, um, which I think that that stands for anybody. But like, I felt like that really stood out a lot with him. Like he's not um, like, he can definitely hit like above the rim, but not typically with the ball in his hands. Um, and I just, uh, so I think for me, it's going to be more so like, can he be a little bit more fluid in some of this stuff as a ball handler this year? Um, I really do think for me, if the jumper doesn't get there, I do think it's a lot tougher to see him as a, as, a, as a really good prospect, just because I don't like, if he were six, seven or six, eight, I think I would feel differently because you could envision him being more of like a small, big, um, but just by nature of being, Six five, six six on a good day. I do think it's a lot tougher to to see him without being a like a, a pretty solid shooter.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And then going to the defensive side of things, don't think he's bad there at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like I watch him. He he's smart, knows when to dig, um, on drives and and good with rotations and and can do some stuff at the rim. But I feel like I always find myself wanting a little bit more out of him on defense. And maybe that maybe that is because i'm a little worried about the offense and that has something to do with it but even just looking at his numbers in florida state compared to like other guys like like scotty Barnes or pat williams or vassell like his numbers for a defender like he's not i don't think he's on like obviously not on vassell's level as a defender but like his his stock numbers with steals and blocks are obviously lower than those theirs as well so i'm sort of interesting to see if he can give us more on the defensive end as well don't think he's bad there by any means like i said but i always feel myself wanting a little bit more and and we'll see. Maybe I don't want more if the offense comes along more, but I do think one of those needs to show a decent amount of improvement, but he does. He's still an intriguing returner for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's like, especially like talking about defense. I feel like he was very much so a uh, like do your role guy. Like he can, he's good at like, he was, I thought he was good at doing what Florida state asked of him, but in like you're mentioning in terms of somebody like Scotty, like he was, I mean, he's pretty clearly just doing his role like there were like moments where he could do stuff and help that I thought were good, like you mentioned at the rim, um, but it was mostly like playing kind of within himself without really doing a, a whole ton of like delving in and really being a, a game changer outside of the scheme, which that like, like, like you're mentioning, I think that's the kind of stuff that you would like to see for him. Um but yeah so i think like it's just interesting because there are there there are obviously a lot less pathways for him than i think there are for jaris but that's i mean that's going to be for anybody because jaris is just kind of a really interesting archetype um but yes i'm i'm in i I think we're in the same same page on this one who's your next guy
0: i mean i guess we're gonna go back to the 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 wcc um and i mean we, we talked about them a little bit earlier right but yeah when you brought up gonzaga and and i think julian strother is someone who i mean he fits exactly what i've loved like i mean there, there are different kind of archetypes that i like but but the bigger shooters something that i've, I've always loved I, I loved cam johnson i liked cory kispert a lot um and and i think it's funny because strother and and, and kispert Obviously, both of Gonzaga played together, but I can see Strother following that kind of path that Kispert had. Kispert had entered, the, like, he, he was thinking about going into the draft, went back to Gonzaga for a year, broke out, had a huge rise in his draft stock and ended up going in the lottery, had more offensive usage, and improved in areas that you want to see him improve on, a little bit better defense, did a bit, a bit more with attacking closeouts, showed more NBA range. And I think a lot of that can apply to Strother as well. They still have their differences, but if you can see Strother put up even more threes this year, at better volume and show some NBA range, you want to see more perimeter skills with him besides just shooting. We know he can shoot, you know, he can shoot off movement, Um, but can he attack a closeout and get to the rim? He actually, I actually like his, his touch a decent amount, has a really solid floater, but like I see him, get to the rim more often. So can he do that? Can he even have a one or 2 dribble pull up against a closeout? I don't think he is to the same level as Kispert was on defense. I think Kispert was just a really, really smart defender. Um, even though Kispert definitely isn't quick, he's just really smart. So I want to see where Strother lands on defense this year. But I just think there's a lot of, I, it might come off as a lazy comparison because there are differences, but I mean, they're both at Gonzaga. But I do think there could be a similar pass with Strother compared to, to Kispert when he went back to school.
1: No, I totally see that. Like, I think that, that that makes sense to me, especially like you're mentioning the defense fan. Like, he's a guy that I would really like to see. I, I mean, I haven't seen any team pictures from Gonzaga, but he's somebody I hope has put on weight a little bit, um, especially just given that he's probably going to be more of, like, ideally a three at the next level. Um, so that would be interesting. But I agree, like like you mentioned, especially early on in the season, like when they played Texas, I think that was probably – it felt like that was, like, the height of, like, Julian Strother, 2022 draft prospect. <laughs> he was awesome in the texas game if i remember correctly um, but i would have
0: i would have drafted him last year like if he
1: left oh, I, honestly, yeah, I, I honestly thought he even like could have been like
0: a, a late first this past year like i liked him a lot last year but i also
1: wait one second i not the texas game not the texas he was bad in the texas game <laughs> i meant the duke game it was the duke game where he hit his he hit his pinnacle uh so go ahead i just had to correct myself
0: oh no for sure but yeah no i i think that I would have definitely drafted him last year. I would have considered him at the end of the first, even if not taken there, like second round 100%. I wouldn't even question it. Um, So I was sort of upset to see him go back to school, but I understood it. He can't have that kind of rise that that Kispert had, and and maybe he can go into the top 20. And he might have not even gotten the feedback of the end of the first round. I would assume he didn't because he went back to school. So even if he gets to the end of the first round this year, I think that's a successful year for him. But yeah, I think the defense... um, not as smart as kisper on that end but also when he's chasing guys around screens or put into pick and roll he's not really good at getting through over under screens either he gets caught up there as well so just seeing improvement overall on the defensive end finding the optimal role for him there along with improving the offense whether it's shooting more attacking closeouts more maybe showing some more on ball stuff i would assume um, he's going to do well in transition this year and that's somewhere kisper was also really good at and i think just gonzaga in general players coming out of gonzaga just understand how to space the floor and transition and even in the half on offense if you go watch if you remember kispert's rookie year even when the shot wasn't following in the first 20 games or so he just knew where to be on offense And, and his cuts would open up shots for teammates or he'd get the ball on cut so I, I like people coming out of Gonzaga just for knowing. It seems like they always know how to play the game, um, and, and that's always something that I like to see.
1: Yeah, uh, Kisper's, just to remember, Kis, Kisper's rookie year was Rui's year, right? Wait, sorry, one more time? Kisper's rookie year was Rui's year, right? Rui's draft year?
0: Oh, you mean his, his freshman season? Or? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, or, yeah, 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 freshman. Gosh, rookie geez.
0: <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I don't remember that off the top of wow. my head but I, I would i would what are I you would even think... here for um <laughs> uh, let me, let me <laughs> I, would, I would i would think it. so i would think so i, I would think, think he, yeah, they I'm were there so at the same best, time
1: yeah cool. they were there at the same time but yeah well anyways yeah i'm now i'm just thinking about gonzaga's roster it's wild remembering how many of these guys are coming back Rasir bolton's like older than i am and he's still playing college basketball <laughs> <laughs> uh Funny, funny enough though. Like Rashear, if sure Bolton was six five, God, that would be awesome. Um, he's still a really good. <laughs> I player. love the. That's my, it's my, my favorite thing. Is that this guy? Yeah, dude, if this I guy was two inches that, taller. Every time we watch, I, I watched Gonzaga last year. I watched Rashear Bolton. I'm like, if he was six five, find a way to get drafted. But yeah, he's just he's just too small. But like, yeah, dude, shit, we get to watch Anton Watson pass up shots, but play really good defense again. Like, it's gonna be great. Also, very random. I love the Efton Reed pickup for them um he had a kind of I mean LSU was weird overall last year like they were good but that, that was a weird team I'm interested to see Afton there I think he's kind of a different big than they've typically had so I'll be. yeah fun. it'll
0: be different I'm a little worried about their defense compared to recent years obviously I mean that's not some bold statement they don't have Chet this year but yeah. I, I do think that there could be some like some closer games than you're expecting from previous years. Cause I mean, they've been so dominant the last couple of years. I don't think they will be up to that standard this year on either end, honestly. Um, but we'll see. But, but yeah, I have a little bit of worries about the defense this year. Not like, I mean, they're still going to be the best team in the conference and, 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 and win the conference probably and play really well, but just not as high as I had been in, in previous years.
1: Not if, not if Tony Bennett was, you know, Randy, not if Randy Bennett has anything to say about Jesus, Tony Bennett. I'm thinking like, singer from my grandma's era um (laughs) all right let's go on to uh uh, i guess it's my next guy right um yeah so i cheated on this one uh on returners that i'm excited for because technically did not play a game for baylor last year but that's langston love um i personally doubt langston ends up a draftable guy this year like i think that he's going to be a draftable guy but in terms of guys that i want to watch that i'm really excited to see how they pop um it's easy to look at Baylor and be excited about like Keontae, like Keontae George is going to be awesome. I'm excited about him for sure. I think to me, Langston is the guy who I, I look at as making this team hit their, their, their next level. And I do think like, even if he's not an immediate draft guy, um, you know, depending on what strides he made, uh, you know, during his rehab season, I think that there is, there's always a chance that somebody ends up being a one and done just based on how things go. But I do think he's an eventual NBA guy. Um, he's just a very fun player for me. Like he's my, like, he's pretty cleanly a two guard. He's not a combo. He's not a wing because he's only about six, four, but he has a plus wingspan. He moves his feet. Well, um, he's a solid defender um, kind of like you're mentioning with Matt. Klee. I think he's like a good, not great defender. Like he's really good at doing his role. Um, but offensively, like he moves incredibly well without the ball. He has a good shot. Um, he's a little bit more of a below the rim finisher, but I think he's really good finishing around the rim still. Um, He's just a really good secondary creative guard. And again, I think that there's just more room for guys like that in the league. A lot's just going to depend on how good his shot looks. I'm a I'm a fan of his shoot, shooting mechanics and how they looked at, at Montverde. So again, we'll see how they look this year, but somebody I'm very interested to see play just because I like this Baylor team is very fun to me. I like this Baylor team a lot.
0: Yeah, I don't have too much to say on Langston, but like you said, just like the Baylor team a lot. Baylor over the last, four or five years has probably been my most watched team um, outside of Arizona, I would say, but a few years ago, like they had Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell and even Masio Teague and Devonte Bandu, like their guard play has always been so, so good. Last year, I honestly didn't watch. I mean, I watched a lot of Baylor obviously for their players, but I didn't watch them as much as they had previous years, just like and from an enjoyment perspective, because they didn't have that same level of guard play. I still like Flagler and, and 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 crier but this year with with keante and and langston love and then you have flagler and crier again this year i think the guard play is going to be back to i don't know if they'll reach jared butler and you
1: didn't mention who
0: am i forgetting here
1: (laughs) uh understood no no you're good i'm messing with you you did actually (laughs) there is a third guard um James Kinjo but oh yeah uh, <laughs> I don't even know how I forgot by the way but anyways
0: um it's moving on their guard play this year is uh it could be back to being towards the top and I don't think it was their last year but with yeah. Jared Butler and Dave on Mitchell it was always so fun to watch and that's a big reason why they won obviously is they when you have that kind of guard play that's so valuable in the tournament and it makes them just so fun to watch as a whole
1: yeah no, I agree. Like, I think that's what makes them just such a fun team. Like, they, A, because I love watching no middle defense, which that that's kind of what's going to be interesting for me this year because um, I like Jalen Bridges, but I I mean, he's somebody who, again, when Jake and I did this pod last year, we talked up Jalen Bridges as like a guy who if he takes a leap, he could be interesting as a draft guy. I think he's still on that same zone, but he struggled at West Virginia last year relative to what I thought his expectations were. Um, part of that West Virginia as a whole last year just was, they, they took a step back. They, they lost a lot of talent and they were not at that same level. Um, it's just interesting because typically with a no middle team, I feel like you really need versatile forwards. I think Jalen brings some of that, but not nearly to the level that Jeremy Sohan or Kendall Brown did, like even with Kendall having, um, a lot of flaws in his game. I think that he brought things that I'm not quite sure that I'm, I'm there at with Jalen. So it'll be interesting to see how it looks because, again, like he's really, I mean, yes, they have other guys on the team who are quote unquote forwards, but to me, he's like the only real guy who I would view as a forward who's going to be guarded like it on both offense and defense. Um, so they, they have, I'm, I'm just really interested to see how their lineup constructions look like. And again, Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chamel are back for like the 17th year, so. I mean, being healthy as well is going to help them out. Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're both excited to watch Baylor play this year. Uh, any other teams you're excited? We, we sort of briefly touched on Houston as well, but any other teams you're excited to watch?
1: Oh, uh, that's a good question. I feel like I'm, I'm excited to watch like every team. That's the most marked answer <laughs> possible. <laughs> but like... So, so um, while you're
0: thinking, I'll, I'll go first while you're thinking. Yeah. I, I'm excited to watch Creighton this year, I think. Yeah. They're just going to be a really, really good team this year. They brought in Baylor Shireman. They have they already have Trey Alexander, who actually looked pretty good last year when um Nemhard was hurt for a little bit. So now they get Nemhard back and they have Trey Alexander. Kaluma looked good this summer. It looked like he made some improvements with his handle compared to where he was last year. Still want to see where the shot lands this year, but have those two with Kalkbrenner and Shireman. I mean, that's a read, really uh,
1: yeah, read read Zach's piece on on Ryan Kalkbrenner on uh, on it was really good. Yes, I,
0: I have written about uh, Cockbender as well. But but those five are really, really good starting five. And uh, they, they should be a top 10 team with with potential to be even better this year. I think that the, the defense could look good. The, the shooting should look good. Uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. And I think the Big East as a whole, I think last, last year was sort of a down year for the Big East. Um, but I think it, it could be a better Big East year this year.
1: Down here for the Big East, and my Hoyas won zero Big East <laughs> games. That was exciting. Uh, yeah one of, one of the things I wanted to ask you about Creighton because I had never gotten to watch. Obviously, I watched quite a bit of Creighton last year, but I'd never gotten to see Mike Miller play. I know he did not play at all last year. He redshirted. Um, did you watch him at all before, um, before the year, like when he was in and co- not in college, in high school?
0: unfortunately did not don't have much okay. to say there but just to expand i guess on crane a little more is is one thing like i used to always like watching crane when they had Zagorowski and Tyson alexander so good yeah, yeah like they, they were always a fun team to watch and they like to run and push the pace as well so i think we're just going to see a lot of fun from them and and shireman and it's just going to be a really fun team to watch in general yeah
1: also i meant to say mason miller not like michael this is dad, but yeah uh point remains i'm ex- yeah i'm excited to watch this team especially to like on one hand, I do think that there has to be like some random optimism because I know people have talked about them as a final four team. And while that is definitely possible, um, I do think it's worth noting like how young this team is still. Like, yes, they had like a nice run last year, but um, I, I mean, just granted, like, and I, I got I see because again, I'm not trying to take anything away from them because like they didn't even have Ryan runner for the tournament. And it's like maybe, maybe I mean, that Kansas game was extremely close so maybe if they do have i don't know looks different but yeah and they also um, brought in baylor right so like they, yeah. they
0: still have experienced players cock is now another year in so so we'll see but i won't yeah. okay i won't talk anybody down from
1: it whatever <laughs> <laughs> but oh uh, man yeah because i ryan Nemhard was fun to watch last year too like he's gonna be good this year and he wasn't even that efficient last year like he's gonna take another step up i would imagine so yeah okay i can't i can't if they make the final four i guess i will not be surprised um <laughs> One random shot I do want to have. This is not like one that I have listed right now, but I am excited to watch TCU play again this year. I <laughs> like that TCU team a lot. I think that they might be even better this year. You're laughing at me. I stand by it. Um, Big Eddie Lampkin is a sophomore now. He caught the world by storm uh, as they played Arizona last year. Um, but this team overall, like they, they don't really necessarily have quote-unquote prospects like they have some guys were just interesting. Like I, I mean, Mike miles is a prospect, but um, you know, he's still, I think more like, I mean, there's a reason he went back to school. Um, But they're, they're a fun team. So I'm interested to see what they look like. I know that they're starting off the year ranked, aren't they?
0: Yes. They're, they're somewhere. They're, they're pretty high. I think I don't know exactly off the top of my head, um, but yeah, they,
1: they are ranked. Yeah. I know we hit on, did we hit on Arkansas already? I know we had yeah, to, to a
0: certain extent and yeah. TCU is 14, by the way. So, okay. oh, are wow. up they're there. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They're up right. there. They're, they're, they're going to be good this year. But yeah, from, like you said, probably nothing too much from a prospect perspective, we did touch on Arkansas. I mean, if you want to go more onto it, we can, they're like just gonna be a lot of highlights, a lot of highlights. And like you said, want to see how they fit together.
1: Yeah. Cause well, I mean, how, I, I guess I, I didn't get to ask you that. How do you feel about the idea of Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh playing together on offense? Because so I feel like obviously they're not the exact same player, but in terms of um, making them work together, obviously, like they're staggering. There are ways to make that work. But how do you feel about that?
0: Fit? I'm not sure. I was going to bring up how they had Jordan Walsh coming off the bench. And like, it looks like they're going to go with Anthony Black more to start and then bring Walsh in after. Um yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, like you said, it'll be interesting. I'm not hundred percent sure how I feel about that now I'm sure I'll have some more like definite thoughts for you after we see it for a couple games or anything, but what about you? Yeah. What do you think there?
1: I'm interested just to be considering neither of them is really a shooter. And I mean, Jordan will take shots, uh, but Anthony really just doesn't shoot from three at all right now. Um, and not that that's everything, but I do think like just in terms of playing two wings who are at their best playmaking for others, um, it just, it just makes it interesting. So I'm I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Part of me, like I kind of wish that Jalen Williams was still on this team just because I think that it just raises the funk meter that much more. And I enjoy watching weird basketball. Um, but yeah, this team, this team goes hard. So I'm very excited to watch them play. Um I do, I'm going to just throw like a smattering of other teams out. I am really interested to see Ohio State. Um, not that again, like this team is not necessarily going to be a top of the top like top class of the Big 10. They'll probably be more of a mid Big 10 team for me right now considering like just how many young guys they're bringing in, but I really like their recruiting class. Um like I think Bryce Sensible is going to be an NBA guy by the time that he comes up, but he's probably, you know, probably a little bit too raw right now. And he's very much on like the he's a weird mold coming in so he really has to pop if he's going to be an NBA guy. Um but I think it's going to happen. And, like I like Feel like par a lot and um it just brings them another big that is, is different there. Like it's going to be weird to see them playing without EJ Liddell for once. Um, So yeah, they're, they're interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think if I had, I mean, obviously Kansas. But.
0: Yeah. J- just to interrupt back for the Jordan Walsh thing. I, when I said he wasn't starting, that was a, a mistake on my end. I don't think he played as many minutes, but he started the game. He just didn't play as many minutes in their, in their recent, games and, and I think it was in the exhibitions and stuff. So no he was starting but didn't didn't play as much throughout the game. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, they, they will be staggering. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. Um I'm yeah. The Big Ten is the Big Ten is odd this year, man. Do you have do you have big ten thoughts right now? Do I have big ten thoughts? I'm not saying um, you have to have big ten thoughts, but
0: the Big Ten's never that enjoyable to watch, <laughs> so like see, right, uh, obviously, I, yes, so you're not you're not happy with this. Obviously, <laughs> wow. I'm going to watch a lot of them. It's not the best basketball, honestly. No, um, that's fair, but but it is what it is. Obviously, last year loved watching Purdue. They were a lot of fun to watch, so don't have any complaints there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how this year this year goes um nothing on the top of my head honestly of of how who i want to see the most in the in the conference but yeah i mean obviously we'll be watching them so
1: um i think one last thing i wanted to ask you about how do you feel about duke headed into the year because i feel you and i haven't talked about duke at all i don't know what to think about duke headed into the year
0: yeah i think with duke they might be the team I'm most interested in this year to like seeing how they look and how the players play and all that kind of stuff. So like, in terms of like enjoyment, I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're going to be the team I'm going to enjoy watching the most, but in terms of like who I want to watch the most this year and who I'm most excited to figure out, I think that's probably where I'd put Duke in.
1: Yeah. They're, I mean, cause again, they're in like, they're just, they're a very odd team. Like I, I, I admittedly have not watched much of Tyrese Proctor, um, outside of when he played at FIBA. Um, and I thought he was interesting, but again, like, I, I don't know. Um, like, I've, I mean, it's just the idea of we're going to play Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell and Derek lively in the same front court at the same time is like, kind of like mind bending to contemplate, you know? Um, that's when I've thought about a lot. I do like, I mean, very random shot, but like, I love them going out and getting Jacob Grandison. Uh, yes, from I Illinois. agree there. Like that, he that's was a good one. A good he's one. not an NBA guy. He's just not athletic enough, but he was really fun at Illinois. Like I liked watching Washington. I thought he was really important for them last year. Just like a solid defender. Like he moves the ball. Very good shooter. I was like the exact kind of guy that I think that they needed to bring in. So I was happy about that. And while well, it's going to depend on like, I think the needs to be awesome for them, which I have confidence in that happening, but again, it's just going to be, what does he look like coming off the foot injury? How long is he out for? Um, what kind of steps does Jeremy Roach take? Which I mean, Jeremy Roach was really good in the tournament, so yeah. that was fun to watch. But I've never like I, I don't know. It just makes it it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, if you get say- that if you get that level of play from Jeremy Roach throughout
0: the whole season, they're going to be in a good spot because he was actually really good in some of those games and was helping out. But he hasn't shown that for a consistent amount of time. He has had his. Off games as well. So we'll we'll see where that goes with him. But obviously he's had a few couple of years under his belt now, right? So yeah, we'll see. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Obviously, we'll have a bunch more takes in a week or two. Um, yeah. Hey man,
1: University of Toledo, be excited. Uh they bring back like everybody except for Ryan Rollins. So obviously that's a big loss, but JT shoemate was like quietly like I was going to bring him up. I was Best ask player in him. the back last year. So like it's actually very funny. So when I was at Toledo um, was when uh, he got denied his release waiver from, I can't remember what, he went to a D2 school. I think he went to like Walsh Jesuit or something like that. um, Or it was just Walsh. Uh, and he got, yeah, the coach denied his waiver because didn't, they didn't want him to go play up. And, uh, and then he just turned out to be awesome last year. It's been, like, this is probably, for people still listening, this is way too much back basketball for you. I don't care. Uh, A.J. Adu, who is, like, actually really good. He play, if I remember correctly, he played for Worlds at, uh, for the Philippines a couple of years ago. Really good. Um, is supposed to have been their starting big, like, three years in a row and has had a season-ending injury, like, two games in the season every single year. So they ended up just playing like, okay, fuck it, we're gonna play somebody six seven at center and just go crazy with the spread offense and pace, and our defense is gonna be kind of mid. But uh, they're watching their defense has been an adventure. But they, I mean, they legitimately just, I think what they they were close to like the highest three point attempt rate in in the country last year, and their offense was just really good. Like, so it's been fun because I got to watch the Ryan Rollins experience like happen, um, which was very cool. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm just surprised we've gotten this far, and you haven't brought up Terrence Shannon Jr. To be honest.
1: Well, I, I I will be honest. I am when you talk about Big time basketball, I that that Illinois team is funky to me. Like a lot of a lot of changes from last year as well, right? Like Grant's gone. They weird. don't have
0: Curbelo. Like it, it's a lot of a lot of changes from last year. So, um, I just, it'll be interesting it, to see
1: how they yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, hold on, I'm pulling up their roster again just because I. I mean, I haven't watched any of their ex- exhibitions, which probably would help. And I maybe I should dive in, but like, I think the idea is Coleman Hawkins really takes a, takes a big step this year. Other than Terrence, like I, I mean, I still like Terrence a lot as a as a potential prospect. As you know, I've as you said, I've tried very hard to not bring up Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, always going to have a place in my heart, but like, I think to me, Coleman is probably the best prospect on the team right now. Like, if he, because he looked more athletic this last year which wasn't an issue for him his first year. He wasn't really up to par athletically. And I think, you know, getting in the weight room and just like getting accustomed to being in an NCAA environment, like got him more prepared. I think this year, if he really is able to take a step, especially with his outside shot, like there were times last year where I felt like he was probably the, their best decision maker and passers. Cause Curbelo can be like, that's a, that's a roller coaster sometimes, but um yeah. Now we're we're like. I mean, we may as well talk about Rutgers at this point. No, just kidding. But <laughs> I mean, uh, one last
0: thing on Illinois, though, they do have Sky
1: Clark now, and also
0: RJ Melendez um, had some flashes last year, so we'll we'll see how that is this year. But yeah, we're we're probably just going too too deep now, and <laughs> this wasn't the plan. So <laughs> this might happen yeah. a decent amount, but it, it's that's okay.
1: okay. It's okay. We'll. T- I mean, sometime in, in the middle of January, we're going to be talking about Paul Mulcahy at twelve thirty-one in the morning, and people are going to have to listen to it. So. um well, Zach, this was awesome, man. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. If you have not already, be sure to go right and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Tag the Roll. We're going to be active from now on. Uh, college basketball is, is just about here, which is still wild to say. And uh, we're excited for it. So tap in and uh, we'll catch you all later.